Welcome to this latest edition of the Maritime Podcast. My name is Marcus Han, and I'm the editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. In this new episode of the Maritime in Minutes series, we'll be taking a look back at some of the most important stories in shipping and maritime over the month of April. In the first week of April, the Ever Given incident, having blocked the Suez Canal from 23rd to the 29th of March, continued to dominate the headlines. By the 5th of April, all the vessels that had been stranded by the closure of the Key Waterway had cleared the canal. It was now the turn of ports in Europe, Asia and beyond to gear up for the glut of vessels arriving. The port of Valencia in Spain handled its first box ship caught up in the closure of the canal on 6th April. Ports further afield had longer to prepare, and by late April, the Southeast Asian transshipment hub of Singapore cleared all 45 vessels headed to the terminals of PSA Singapore that had been caught up in the closure of the canal. But the story of the Ever Given is far from over, and the Suez Canal Authority has detained the vessel, demanding payment of $916 million in compensation before allowing it to leave. At the time of recording, this was being appealed and legal wrangles look set to continue. This has sparked fears for the 25 Indian crew stranded on board. In some good news on this front, three seafarers whose contracts have expired are being allowed to leave the vessel and being replaced by new joiners. In the second week of April, a report by the World Bank set the cat among the pigeons with its views on the use of LNG as a marine fuel, providing a pathway to decarbonisation. The report highlighted the issue of methane slip from the use of LNG and said the reductions to greenhouse gas emissions were uncertain as a result. It recommended against public policy that incentivised the use of LNG as a marine fuel and that rather support should be focused on developing zero-carbon fuels. The report was controversial in shipping and energy industries, where considerable investment is being made in LNG as a marine fuel. Among those defending the use of LNG was Shell's global head of shipping, Graham Henderson, who said the sector could not afford to simply wait for alternative fuels. Speaking at the IMO Future of Shipping Conference a week later, Brian Ostergaard Sorensen, Vice President, Head of Research and Development, two-stroke MAN Energy Solutions, saw LNG as providing a pathway to decarbonization. He said, There is a reduction potential in, in LNG. So compared to diesel fuel, I, we actually think it's a, it's a good solution and, and it could be an important first step in, in being a bridging technology. And then if you then start to drop in, for example, synthetic methane, then that is one option towards zero carbon neutrality. Or you could actually retrofit the engine to a methanol or an ammonia engine later on. So it will give you some opportunities, some choices down the road. The IMO Futurist Shipping Conference was part of Singapore Maritime Week 2021, which took place in the third week of April. The week saw the welcome return of the ability for some to attend in person, with several key events held in hybrid format. Digitalization and decarbonization were very much to dominate the week's discussions. On the digitalization front, Singapore announced measures to further strengthen its bid to be the Silicon Valley of the maritime world. Opening the Singapore Maritime Technology Conference, 
Chi Hong Tat, Minister of State for Foreign Affairs and Transport, said the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore would set aside Singapore $10 million from the Maritime Innovation and Technology Fund to drive startups. Singapore's maritime startup market was estimated by an Inmarsat report to be worth $2.4 billion. Meanwhile, later in the week, it was announced that a $90 million decarbonisation centre would be set up in Singapore to research low and zero carbon fuels for the industry's future. BW Group, Eastern Pacific Shipping, Ocean Network Express, Foundation Debt Norska Veritas, BHP and Semcorp Marine all signed a memorandum of cooperation with the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore to establish the fund to set up the centre. Key aims of the centre will be to take concrete actions and engage in collaboration. Andreas Soman Pau, co-chair of the International Advisory Panel on Maritime Decarbonisation, said they hope to grow the number of partners in the centre. The Maritime Decarbonisation Centre that we're setting up, who have stepped forward with a capital commitment. We're in conversation with new partners and we hope new partners will step forward also, whether it's with capital or in-kind contribution or participating in some of these collaborative projects. We really hope to make this a global coalition and tackle this together. The last week of April saw increasing concern over a worsening again of the crew change situation, as the important seafarer supplier nation of India plunged into a national crisis with a severe second COVID wave. Key shipping hubs such as Singapore and Fujairah barred crew change for seafarers that have been in India in the last 14 days, while Hong Kong has suspended flights with India. Travel bans are being put in place by an increasing number of countries. This new headache is compounded by a lack of global strategy to vaccinate seafarers, many of whom come from developing nations where programs have been slow to get off the ground. Not to mention the requirement for two shots of the vaccine is logistically complicated for seafarers serving on board ships. Intermanager President Mark O'Neill is clear in his frustrations at the lack of progress on a global strategy for vaccination of seafarers and has vowed to source vaccines privately for all their members' seafarers. Speaking at a recent Intermanager meeting, he stated, Intermanager takes a firm position that international efforts have not been sufficient and aren't recognising the importance of vaccinating crew members. We take a firm position on this and that we take now in support of the IMO, but separately we make moves to source vaccines for our seafarers, for our member seafarers, through legitimate means, wherever and howsoever uh, we're able to. With those words from Mark O'Neill, that's all we have time for on this episode of Maritime in Minutes. To learn more about the stories mentioned in this podcast, visit seatrade-maritime.com and sign up for our newsletter. <laughs>